Welcome, everybody, to Panfish Weekly, along with Mark. I'm Lyle, and we hope that everybody is going to enjoy the show tonight. Mark, this is the first night that we haven't had a guest. It's just me and you. I think we'll do all right, Lyle. I'm in good. We're we're all in good hands with you, my friend. <laughs> I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. We got a whole bunch of people waiting uh, to get in for us to get started tonight. That's 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 awesome. I'm glad to see that. Um, we got a lot of folks that, that have been consistently following what we're doing, that's, that's and I awesome. appreciate that, that so much. You know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. You never know uh, how things are going to take off, but this has has really done very well, and and uh, I, I'm thrilled with what we got going, and we got some more uh, big guests coming up, but uh, we just decided to take a little break, and just me and you tonight. I think that's a great idea. I'm really looking forward to spending a night with everybody and chat yourself and, and, and just talking what we like to do, which is catch a lot of panfish. That's exactly yeah. right. And, and um, you know, I know um, you really like to catch the crappie. I do. And I really like to eat them crappie. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I like to catch them almost as much as I like eating them. <laughs> them bad boys are... are if there's a better tasting fish, and I've ate just about every freshwater fish that is known to be edible and and uh, table worthy, and it's really hard to beat a, a good crappie fillet. It, I like the bluegills too, though. I mean, uh, we're gonna get you on some of them yellow perch. They're, they'll give crappie a run for their money. I'll tell that, you that's, that. That's what I keep hearing, and I have not had any of them. And it looks like by the time we get to Mendota that we're not going to be able to eat those or catch them and keep them to eat because the season's over. So uh, we'll have to work on that for next year, and that'll be a, a project that uh, maybe we get together. And you know, speaking of Mendota, I had an idea for uh, Mr. Chadwick Fields that we'll have to talk about. I'll give him a message after the show, but uh, I got an idea for something that uh, – uh, we can do with uh, fishing with the Chad's channel. I look forward to it. You know, were you were you in their show uh, right prior to this? Uh, the first half or so. After first that, half. I get Did you hear James Dockery? James Dockery. I see. Is he out there yet, or do I have to wait till he gets here? I don't see. know if he's in there. In, I don't think he's here yet. Maybe I'll wait until he gets here. I see Chad's in there. Uh, why don't we do that? Why don't we say hello to the people in chat here, like we, we sure. like to do. Yeah, I enjoy doing that. Go ahead. All right, I'm going to start at the top of the list. We got two stands fishing in the house. What's going on, Stan? A couple crosses fishing. How you doing, Betty? Always good to see Betty. Alan Pirshala. Hopefully, I got his name right today. I really do. Uh, Alan, if I didn't message me on Facebook or have somebody message me with the right spelling, uh, we got Ace Catfishing. What's going on, Greg? Uh, avid fisherman. I think he was the first one in chat, wasn't he, Lyle? I believe he was. He was. It's it's awesome. Thanks for coming in, Avid. Big Slim ninety one. Uh, catfish fever and outdoors. What's going on, Lynn? Who else are you seeing in chat, Lyle? Um, we got Cindy and Country Boy Catfishing. Michael Morello, uh, fishing finds. My buddy Bob from Springfield, Missouri. Catfish regulators. Mike Irwin, Justin's Fishing Fetish, better known as Gabby's Dad. Uh, there's Dockery in there. Uh, Twisted Fishing TV. Uh, cat, uh, fishing and Cooking with Mike Chavez, Ernie Brown, Muskrat, uh, Jeff Barker, Parker Pursuits, Country Boy Ace is in there. Mo Creek Fishing, Robert Andrews. I hope I'm not repeating too many. I, I, I'm going to try not to do the what you just mentioned. I see a fox den, forty six bluegills and cats. There's somebody after our own hearts. Absolutely. Jason Ward, Jason Lamb, Jeff Barker. Uh, you, I think you did say John Boy's catfishing, but if you didn't, we're saying hello now. That's right. Josh Monarch, uh, Gabby's dad. You did. I see Lee Reed. Uh, I see Jim Catman Clark. Mike, we said hello to Michael Marilla. So said I will say hello again. Uh, Mo, Mo Creek fishing, Mister Gadget Muskrat. You seen anybody else we met? Parker Pursuit. I do. Uh, Christina Dunnigan. Um, ah. 
the lady with all the boats in her driveway, driveway <laughs> Daniel Ishmael. Um, let's see. Stephen Corley, the Bullock Experience, Twisted Fishing TV. And we got a bunch of them in there. And, and that's awesome. We want to thank you guys for coming in and being a part of the show tonight. And and there is a James Dockery. Oh, James Dockery. You know what I was going to, what I started to say before he got in here was, you know, I confided in him when he asked me who my guest was going to be next Monday on uh, uh, the Catfish and Crappie podcast Monday night. And I told him who it was going to be. And I'm like, hold on to that until tomorrow when I release the thumbnail. And I heard him blabbing about it in his show. He's well, always doing that kind of stuff to me. When will I learn? The the thing is, the question is, Jason Ward, the question is, is he doing it by accident or is he doing it on purpose? And I tend to believe that he's probably doing it on purpose. I think so. Because well, if you haven't heard, I'm going to have Josh and Justin from Russell Marine on my show Monday. I've been looking forward to talking to these guys for a long time. Uh, they finally agreed to do it, so uh, I'm happy to have them. That's so right. uh, Monday night at 8 o'clock, guys, if, if you're into anything having to do with fish finders, trolling motors, boat electronics, they're going to be the guys. We're going to get into a pretty in-depth conversation about that. And I might even have you chime in, uh, lend some of your uh, hummingbird expertise, Lyle, if you'd hey, be willing to do that. you guys know more about birds than I ever will, but I might be able to come up with some questions that, that uh, might they might uh, be able to answer on my end. So that would be really good. Uh Outside with the haze is in there. Chrissy Brown, Pawpaw Ed. Uh, hope we've got everybody. Clearview Outdoors. D, getting hooked on fishing with D. Have to say hello to D. And Miss Dockery, Katie Dockery. we got to make sure to say hello to her because we know if James is in there, she's listening in the background. Yeah, and he ain't going to give her no accolades, that's for sure. Do you see what he tried to do there? I'm not going to mention it. On, on, this is a family show. But on his channel, he tried to do something to a chicken that most people would not consider wholesome. <laughs> so if 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 you wanna if you wanna see that kind of stuff, check out James Dockery's <laughs> fishing and and check out his last chicken video. That's a fact. Um, I see Skip in there too, right? Clearview Outdoors. Did we say hello to him? He was a great guest I had on Monday night. I keep trying to make Cindy a moderator, and it will not turn her blue. I don't know what she's done to the to the YouTube gods, but um, she must have done something. Because I keep adding her to make her a moderator, and it it just ain't happening. So maybe we're at the top of the list, or maybe she made somebody mad. But I mean, that's about seven or eight times since we started the show, and I'm just not going to do it no more. As long as Dockery doesn't time her out, we'll be all right. That probably might not work out real good for him. It wouldn't. <laughs> How's the water up your way? I know that you're about ready to get on some crappie. I'm on. I'm ready for those spring crappie. And, and, and one of the reasons why I'm getting antsy and I'm not going ice fishing is because um, even though we have safe ice on the lake, edge ice is not safe. I sent you a picture earlier today. I, I went out to scouting while i had to go do uh some errands for work i stopped by one of my little spots and the 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 ice is melted like three feet all the way around the whole lake which is a good sign means that it's melting but that means i'm going to be in a holding pattern unless i hit the river for like three weeks so yeah but once so, that ice is once that ice is gone it's my happy time that's like my fishing christmas when that happens lyle well um from past experience when we get ice on, on our water down here, it doesn't, rarely, it doesn't happen all the time. But once we get ice down here, once that ice leaves, it's game on. Uh, for catfish, yes, uh, sir. crappie, everything. Uh, and I don't know what, what it is that turns them on, but usually they are on fire whenever ice out comes around. And I assume that it's that, it's that way with you guys. But uh, you're quite a bit north of me. I mean... It doesn't, Chicago land doesn't sound that far north, but it's several hundred miles as the crow would fly. Let's uh, not forget, hold on, Creole catfishing, you will never forget about you. I said hello to you, even though Chad and Dockery didn't. <laughs> hey, there's Laura the Explorer, too. Laura the Explorer. I just caught that in a quarter of my eye. I wanted to make sure that uh, 
just because he's a little late to the party. Gabby's dad in the house, too. That's right. All right. So, yeah, I'm sorry. We are a little bit north of you. What kind of temps did you have today, Lyle? 71. Oh. And I'm pretty sure you did not. I did not. I had 40. We had 46, I think it was today. And it, No, we had four, 43, and it felt pretty good. I'm not – I'm ain't going to lie like Norm says. <laughs> it felt pretty good in the sun for me. We, so, had, uh, uh, we had no wind to speak of. The sun was shining really bright. I was out working on the boat trying to get it ready because they're going to be putting the docks back in. Uh, that's a determining factor of when we go. Uh, it's just easier to get in if the docks are in. There's some of them that they didn't take out. But there was enough ice down here this time. Most all of the, uh, the core uh, docks was pulled out uh, to keep that from. Hey, there's lens in the house. Hey, what's going on? But, uh, yeah, they uh, they got most of them out. And I think that there's going to be lots and lots of dock repairs made. I know Darren was talking about that last week uh, when he was on the show with us up to the lake. I know uh, when you get as much ice as we got since we normally don't get that, that when it freezes that hard, there is a lot. Hey, there's Eric Massey. What's going on, Eric? How are you? He says he can smell pre-spawn crappie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can, I'm with you right there. I can taste them. Rather than smelling them, I can actually taste them already. I'm ready to go. I, I'm telling you, they're ready to go. They, they should be gold. It, if we can get uh, if we can get a couple good days, and if I get these, uh, I put the batteries and everything in it, I just need to finish up a couple of deals and uh, fire it up, make sure she's all running good and everything. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, I want to catch some of these bluegills that's in brush piles and stuff right now. And I want to get on these, uh, I want to get in some of these uh, crappie uh, before they start spawning. Because once it gets spawned, it's going to be really busy at the lakes. Yeah, I imagine so. And um, of course, one advantage that we have about that is we can go through the week and don't have to fight the crowds on the weekends. Uh, and that's when I like to do my catfishing. But we have spoonbill season coming on and that's, Definitely not one of my favorite times because everybody's out there uh, trying to catch spoonbill for whatever reason is beyond me. <laughs> I don't care for them at all. Uh, but that's, you know, a lot of people love to do it. And, and uh, hey, they don't tell me I can't catch catfish and crappie and bluegill. So I'm not going to tell them they can't catch uh, their spoonbill because uh, that's just the way it goes. Tim Catman Clark asked, uh, how the shoulder's doing? I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to hear about that, Lyle. So the why don't shoulder, you give them an update? I will. I was at the doctor's office Tuesday, and I was uh, very pleased to be told that I didn't have to come back uh, for six months. Everything was was at, on schedule or ahead of schedule, and I can do things that that he was seemed to be pretty impressed with. But I had a really good physical therapy lady, and um, – it's still it's sore, but it it's not intolerable. And uh, he he told me I could catch any kind of fish I wanted. Basically, if it just anything that hurt, don't do it, whether it be fishing or otherwise. And uh, that's what we're going to do. He also told me when I was shocked because you know how doctors are that mm -hmm. uh, when my six month checkup come around, if I didn't think I needed to come see him just to call in and cancel the appointment, he'd see me in another six months. We'll see what Cindy has to say about that. Well, yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Christina. <laughs> yes, Muskrat wants to know. Muskrat wants to know where females are going to stage up first, uh, depending on where you're at. Now, all I can go by is what I know, Roger, and and that is when when the ice is out up here, they're looking for they're looking for oxygen. And oxygen is going to cause all sorts of bugs. It brings in bugs to come out of the mud as well as the, the, the bait fish to head into the shallows. So muddy shallow flats I do well on for ice out crappie. And that is in staging to spawn because they'll go deep as the oxygen turns in the as the oxygen gets into the deeper water until they're ready to spawn, which is driven by temperature. So watch your levels. What temperature that is exactly, I, I, I really couldn't tell you. I think it's closer to 50. I, I usually go by when I'm finding morels, I should be fishing spawning crappie. 
that that's yeah. to, to be honest with you, that's how I've always judged it, you know. And the places I hit the spawning crappie, and they up until this year probably have always been from the bank, which I don't have my electronics with me, so I couldn't tell you what the water temps are because I always go by the morels, believe it or not. So I believe water temperature for spawning crappie, and I could be wrong with this. And, and of all the people that I hate to ask, James Dockery, I'm sure knows, but I believe it's 55 to 60 degrees water temperature, I think. R Right after the flatheads come out at 50, huh? Pretty much, yeah. James I, is in chat. James, if you got a temperature that you uh, know crappies start their spawn at, what triggers them off? I think it's a combination of, of amount of daylight and water temperature. I'm sure he'll correct me in the chat. but Well, and, and that kind of, I think it goes hand in hand, but 55, yeah. Um, 55. I know that um, uh, I have been picking morels and missed uh, crappie being on bed at a time or two. That, that happens. Very it's good. a hard choice to make, isn't it? Not for me. <laughs> oh, you like those morels that much? No, crappie. <laughs> crappie, okay. Yeah, Eric Massey says 59 is a magic number. That's, that sounds right. Cindy doesn't like morels, and she don't like to smell them, but if I find some, she will cook them for me once a year, and I just don't she don't care about it, so I just don't get them. I, neither does Sheila. That just means more for me. What I'll do is I'll go out and I'll pick a mess. If I have some crappie in the in the freezer, which I usually do by then, I'll have a surf turf for morels. I'll get a big old ribeye steak. I'll get some crappie fillets and morels, and I'm a happy man. Frank says he thinks it's more about daylight, but 55 is the average actual spawn. That's, that's kind of where I was at, 55 to 60 and uh, – it, you know, ever and each section, each part of the country may be just a little different bit than others, but I don't know. But um, Lee Reed says them morels are nasty. Oh, I love them with that's, a ton of garlic and good Amish butter, man. Oh, I'm a happy man. That's one of the few people I've ever heard say that. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. But hey, he just don't like them, and that's okay. He don't like them either. So, uh, but yeah, I. Uh, I like them about once a year. They're so rich. I mean, uh, I got a brother-in-law that goes over and gets them off of the uh, islands on the Mississippi. And mm -hmm. uh, and he gets so many every year that he freezes them. And I know some people like that. I, I just, or they dry them. I know a lot of people who dry them, too. To put I them in their, people that pay big bucks for them. For them, yeah. <laughs> I know all the little, the fancier little restaurants up here by me. They're 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 paying like fifty to sixty dollars a pound for them when people. Oh bring my them god, in. that's just crazy. <clears throat> yeah, so they did pretty good. Let's get back on to fishing, though. Yeah, we're getting carried away when it's either food or or something <laughs> like that. It always distracts us. You know, it's like a well, look. A, it's like a dog with a squirrel. It's like oh, squirrel. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, food always distracts me. Uh, so we are looking forward to crappies, but they, you, you, you still got bluegills and stuff. Also, always are fun, and and I can't wait till you start looking for them with your boat and start finding yep. those beds on that side scan. That's when it gets oh, exciting. Yeah. You see it all those little a, craters going? Oh yeah. Yeah, I've I've got side scan, but one of the coolest ways that I found to find those beds is I have a three sixty imaging, and uh, it just looks like little divots, and they're in a grid. Mm -hmm. It's just way cool. Uh, my son's uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law have a pond by their house, um, and it is chuck plum full of giant bluegill. And I've been over there actually when I was needing bait and would go over there and, and we'd get a dozen or two and uh, use them for bait. But the grid is still of the divots where they spawn mm -hmm. stay there pretty much year round. And, uh, I took some pictures of it one time. They didn't turn out very good, but, uh, it is way cool looking. And that's just what it looks like on that side imaging. So, uh, or, or, or the 360. So if anybody that has a depth finder and has 360 or side imaging, you can find the, if you can find those beds, you'll find them bluegill, and again, they they start spawning later after the crappie. At least they, they they do here too as well. I'm fortunate enough where uh, I have access to a private pond out here in a uh, I don't know maybe like northwest of me maybe half an hour. A friend of mine, like a childhood friend, has a piece of property, and and they uh, went to the trouble of putting a beach in behind our house, and you, you know 
they're fanatics when it comes to the fish in that lake. They're hand feeding them and all sorts of stuff. She won't let her kids go in the water when the bluegills are uh, uh, spawning because they make all of you can see the water. So it's like crystal clear. I'll try and get a picture of this here, but you can see them from the shore. You can see them on the beds. They're everywhere, Lyle. That's cool. Everywhere. Yeah, it's not cool that she won't let me catch him. That's the no, problem. No, that's not. <laughs> you know, and, and the other thing is, um, when they're spawning like that, if you catch them off the beds, bluegill will act. My understanding, at least, is they'll go back. Will actually go back to the beds, unlike catfish, where if you take them off the beds, they never return. They're mm -hmm. gone. That you've just lost uh, that that spawn number of how many ever eggs that was. But bluegill. They don't care. They just go right back. Um, uh, something about them, and and I'm glad that it's like that. Uh, it just seems strange to me. I think bass are the same way. So there's got to go be back. some sort. Bass go back too, because okay. when guys are sight fishing for bass, that's what they're doing. They're they're pulling them off of beds and they yeah. try to get them right back in. Yeah. Whether it's a hundred percent of the time, yeah, yeah, I doubt it, but. Uh, uh, it, it's good to let them back. I always, you know, and also through the year, uh, not just during the spawn, I, I kind of like to let the big bulls uh, go whenever I'm catching bluegills. Oh, you know, the ones with the big bumps on the front of their head? Yeah. When you get one like that, they're the ones that are going to have less of a problem protecting their beds, and they fertilize a hell of a lot more eggs. So, uh, them two good breeders, man. We yeah. Gotta, got to take care of them. It ain't yep. matter if it's bluegill or crappie or uh, – I know uh, James, James has a great philosophy about those big crappie, though. Um, crappie only lives so many years, and I he has said what it is, and mm -hmm. I don't remember it, but it's up to like eight years at the most, I believe. Yeah, so he his contention is if, if you're catching some of them big ones, you might as well take a few of them before they die off, and, mm -hmm. and there's probably a lot of truth to that. Yeah, I believe I'm a firm believer, and I'm no biologist that they're gonna, you know, fall to the bottom or whatever body of water, and and you know, whether it's the catfish or the crayfish that'll eat them, that's what's going to happen. Air run says female crappie arrive 56 to 60 degrees. Start at 52. Peak spawn there is 62 62. To Perfect. Nice. I saw Hagen come in too. Hello, Hagen. How are you doing, my friend? Absolutely. Good video about the bait tank today. I seen it is up, but I haven't had a chance to to look at it yet. But I'll get that tonight later on. Uh, good to have Hagen in, in chat. James says, unless they're full of eggs. Well, we'll let him work that out with the people in chat. So, Yeah, I'm not sure what he's talking about. I, I'm not sure he knows what he's talking about. So um, I figured maybe we would talk a little bit about bait since you were uh, hand-tying jigs on Saturday night. We did kind of an impromptu jig-tying session where Lyle tied a bunch of jigs, and he, you, we gave some of those away to the people that actually were there, yep. which was kind of cool. So uh, make sure if you're subscribed to the channel to turn on your bell notifications because uh, we, we plan on doing this every now and then. Um, maybe even have a couple of special guests. I know we got one that might show up uh, that at least to me, he's going to be a real special guest to have on there. So I look yeah. forward to that. But the only way you're going to get in on getting hand-tied Lyle Stokes jigs and here's here's another little secret. I'm always full of secrets. Is I'm going to start tying jigs myself with lessons from Lyle. We'll give some of those away as well. Is to uh, be at those uh, live jig tying sessions. So a lot of guys online do them. Um, Eric does them. Uh, there's this guy Roman does them. There's a whole list of them. If you yeah, guys want any, guys yeah. If you want any recommendations, uh, message me on Facebook. I'll comprise a list. Or you know what? Even better, if you're not a member of the Catfish and Crappie group. I think I will make a list and I'll make a post maybe tomorrow. How's that sound, Lyle? That sounds great, yeah. And uh, anybody that has any questions or information about that kind of stuff, just feel mm -hmm. free to give me a message. I'll be glad to help Perfect. You. Yeah, I'll post it on, on my group and I'll post it on a Panfish Weekly group too. Yeah, and be sure to check out Eric Massey. He's a, he's a great jig tire. Um, I'm not sure that's the correct terminology. He's a really nice guy. Uh, him and I do some things together, like I buy jigs and he colors them for me. He makes them the color I want them, which is outstanding. Uh, but he does, it, him and his son do do a lot of stuff, video things together, and uh, it, it's just pretty neat. He had a couple of big videos come up, and I'm very happy for him. Hopefully, we'll, him and I are going to get together and go catch some crappie and and then I'll take him catfishing later on, but we're we're going to work all that out at a later date. But uh, yeah, 
uh, I got confirmation on the guest that you're you're talking about. And uh, oh, you did excellent. Yeah, that's going to happen. It's going to be on a Saturday night. Uh, not sure which Saturday night, but it probably won't be too terribly long. And I think everybody will be really pleased with that. We're, we, we've been hitting some pretty good licks, Mark, with with the guests that we've been having. We and, have. Uh, we've had some really good ones, and you can't have a Babe Winkleman or guys like that every week. You just can't. Uh, number one, I don't know all of them. <laughs> number two, some of them don't want to do it, and others can't do it uh, for reasons of internet connection. And we're doing we're doing just yeah. fine, Lyle. Don't, don't think, even worry about yeah. it. We're doing perfect. So back to the baits. We went from tying baits on a Saturday night and letting people know to, again, click that bell notification so you're notified. The only way to win is to by being there. Um, to uh, What do you like to use um, to start off the year? Is there anything in particular, or do you kind of use the same thing? When I start off at the beginning of the year, if I'm after bluegill, I put a slip cork and a worm on a hook. That's red worms are red worms are deadly. Red worms are and little pieces of nightcrawler are too. Mm -hmm. Daniel Ismail says, "Does anybody have an idea of if salting your bait of, on ice affects your bait?" I have no idea about. Not that. for catfish. I have no problem using it for catfish. I don't when I'm pan fishing. I don't save my bait that long. It's usually picking up something fresh. Yeah. If I'm fishing for for Salted minnows will work good if you're tearing the heads off and tipping jigs with it. I have no problem salted minnows for that. Actually, I kind of like adding salt to them. I've done that in the past for ice fishing, definitely. I don't see why it wouldn't work in the um, in the summer. In the summer, if it does anything, Lyle, it'll toughen up the flesh on those minnows, and it'll make them stay on the hook a little longer. Yeah, I like that. So that's something to try to give them, you know, half a day. If you got some minnows, what, what, what an old timer taught me was uh, don't throw away your dead minnows. If you're going to use them like that, what I'll do is I'll pull them out. I'll salt them and I'll actually keep them in a, a bait puck, which is an ice fishing little container. And I'll stick them in the fridge after I salt them and I'll take them out the next day if I'm going fishing. So that's a good way of uh, getting a little extra mileage of your minnows. That's if you don't have a, a bait tank and you need those to feed your bluegill and, and and bullhead that you're saving for catfish so i try to keep a balance i usually plan it out ahead of time if i have plans to go fishing so heck yeah waxworms are killer for crappie waxworms are good for on anything for for tipping the jig um yeah if you can find some spikes uh a red colored spike it doesn't hurt either depending on it. I don't know what it is. I think the red color emulates those little flatworms that come out of the uh, soft mud. Uh, James would have to correct me on the name. Uh, I forget what the name of those little insects are. I think they're the larva to the uh, June, what is it, the June fly or the mayflies larva. I think that's what they are. But again, I'm not a biologist. I just kind of yeah. go by what works. I am, um, again, uh, first thing out, out in the spring, jigs work great. They really do. But I'm usually so excited, and I want to catch some so bad. It worms underneath a bobber for bluegill is it's not fail proof, but it nearly is. It, it pretty much is. I've I got actually skunked by James using worms that one day, but we'll not talk about that because he gets too happy about it. He does. He just kind of lights up like a. a he does. Blows all over when he talks. May mayfly. So I was right in guessing. <laughs> Thanks, James. Thank you very much. But you know yeah, what else works for me in the in this actually works good for me most of the year uh, if it's not too hot out is um, those little Berkeley one inch gulp minnows. I've now you, really you well. they work they work really well. They don't work as well as uh, <laughs> James is putting the numbers chat. Thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> um, what 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 I like to do usually is use trout magnet jig heads. Have you ever seen them, Lyle? They kind of they kind of almost have a little popper type head on them. They have that little indent in the front, and they do a good job of keeping those baits uh, horizontal in the water. So they work pretty well. Or I'll just put them on a an Aberdeen hook. I use these Pro V hooks. Maybe I'll do a review of those on the channel. Um, my tackle choices. We'll do one for you. How's yeah, that sound? Loud? We can do something that like that. Great. Parker and uh, Elgamite larva works great. 
I'm sure they do. Helgramites, I, I, we, they're hard to get here, but I've used them. Um, every now and then our bait shop will get like pond, uh, what are they, um, pond crayfish, they call them, which is pretty much soft shell ones that were farm raised. Mm -hmm. And when they get those, they seem to have the Helgramites at the same time. So I've used them in the past. They're just not as available. Trout magnets are excellent baits for, for bluegills if you can get the small ones. And they're cheap too, Lyle. They'll run you like 10, 10 and a half bucks, 11 bucks for a pack of like 100 in a little fancy box, if I'm not mistaken. Now, um, I know SK catches a lot of bluegill. He catches a lot of crappie, a lot of crappie. Mm -hmm. And he tips his stuff with um, uh, crappie nibbles. They're they're, that's good stuff. Scent is never a bad thing, as long as it's a natural scent. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about those. Uh, he's mm -hmm. the first person I ever see to use them. If oh, I've, I use them all the time. I always have. Well, I got something else I'm going to use, which I got a video actually in the works. It's on my kitchen table waiting to be done. Um, uh, another thing to do with them, since we were talking about the, the uh, trout magnets, Trout magnets look like you don't remember a beetle spin. Well, you have, or yeah. the people who don't know, if you remember what a beetle spin looks like, it looks like a little grub with a split tail. If you run your jig hook through the center of that tail and take that crappie nibble and run it down the hook, that crappie nibble will actually keep those tails split apart in a V, and that even improves the action a little bit. I can see that. So I kind of like doing it. What splitting it does is it hides the crappie nibble. It holds it in place, keeps it from falling off. It adds scent, and it changes the profile of the bait. Profile is a big thing to do, not just colors when you're talking panfish, whether it's, you know, red breast, sunfish, or crappie, at least uh, the way I think of it and the things yeah. I've, I've learned recently. So uh, that's one thing. If it's not working, take that crabby nipple, pull it a little bit back, get those legs to come together and see if that makes a difference. So yep. a lot of times a change like that will either get you the bigger fish out of the bunch or the smaller fish or just get earn you that bite, which I like to say, all together whenever you're fishing for any fish. So hopefully somebody can use that. Heck yeah. Dale Hasler said, are bullheads considered panfish? And in my book, yes, they are. They'll fit in a pan, and they fit on a hook when you're flathead fishing, that's for sure. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about right there, yep. <laughs> Matthew Anthony said he does not use uh, – he, he just uses jigs, and somebody else did too. Um, Fox Den 46, bluegills and cats is no minnows, just jigs tipped with crappie bites. Uh, yep, the I believe he probably is talking about crappie nibbles unless there's yeah. something else like it. So, yeah, 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 I'm usually reusing baits. What I've come to do in the past year or so is when I'm crappie fishing is I'll pick up some minnows. Um, the only reason, because I've been trying to locate where the crappie are during the year on the river. I, I, I haven't had much experience uh, locating them on the river. I've actually got some tips, so hopefully we can make that work this year as to where to look. Um and I, I consider them a good location bait, but I'm learning that actually from our, our talk with um, uh, our last guest, um, I'm sorry, what, I forgot his name that we Darren had last Kim. week, Darren Kim. Darren was telling me that because of live scope, which is one of the advantages to uh, electronics, is he's been hitting big crappie in the head with minnows and they won't bite. He'll drop the right jig or the right color or the right profile down there and they'll start biting. So all that does is add another exponential factor to, to to what you can try, which is part of the reason why I like fishing, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. It, and part of the reason I like panfish is because it's a lot easier to prove um, uh, concepts with panfish than it is, let's say, with flathead catfish. Yeah. You know, I get that gratification of when a plan comes together. So, I have a question for someone in chat, actually. Instead of reading a question from chat, um, I seen that Frank uh, with Twisted Fishing TV posted in here that he does not eat bluegills, and I would like for him. I, I just want to ask him why. Oh, bullheads! Bullheads! Okay. Bullheads! Okay. My mistake, Frank. I'm sorry. I've never I'm tried a bullhead. All the bullheads I get from here are in pretty dank situations, uh, so I might not do. I might eat them. I see what. The, I don't want to get too graphic, but the the when they dirty the water, they really dirty the water in my bait yes, tank. Yes, they do. Yes, they so, do. I've ate them. 
they're not they're a little muddy but tasted but they're yeah. not bad i just like fish uh, yeah so I, I i've ate asian carp people say oh you can't eat them nasty yeah they're pretty good it's all white meat so you know, I, I, I just heard of them panfish. However, <laughs> there and I just heard some news about not to stray off of panfish, but it's a pretty important uh, topic. Asian carp that they are going to re they're 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 starting up a, a campaign to rename Asian carp to something, and they're supposed to announce the name in here in the next week. But I don't know if you guys know, but Chilean sea bass are not really Chilean sea bass. They're like one tooth something or other. I forget what their name. And there's another fish, which is Orange Ruffy, which you want to know what the real name of Orange Ruffy is until they changed it? A slime head. I'm sure that's why they changed the name. Exactly. Nobody would eat a slime head, so they renamed it to Orange Ruffy. So who knows? Maybe some effort like this will work out, but I'd be willing to try some Asian carp, so. They're they're not bad. I, I I've had them, and like mm-hmm. I say, uh, it's like anything else. The person cooking it a lot of times will make has it. a lot to do. One of the names the guys that were talking about this was saying they should call it like Kentucky Kentucky cod. I thought was that was a little uh, <laughs> clever. So <laughs> that is not. I I have too much problem using them for bait. So that's okay. That. There's so many of them. You'd have plenty for bait. And you'd have plenty for dinner. Trust me. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, Mark, what are you looking for when you get ice out in your water when you're going after those big slabs? I'm I'm already scouting, Lyle. Um, like I said, I went to the um, post office today, and on the way home, I checked a couple of my spots out, and I'm looking for the how the ice is receding, at least in my in my part of the country. The ice is going to uh, recede in the warmer part of the shallower part, the warmer part of the lake, and that's where the fish are going to run. I try to know where the flats are in the in those bodies of water that I fish, and I go from there. Now, this is on lakes, and I, I want to say that, again, on the river, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on, on, on figuring them out on rivers. Um, another downside to my river, the Fox River, is it's flat. It's four, six feet. Um, drops in and, and gains in uh, depth are slummed, slim to none, or they take place over a long period of time. Um, you got to make use of creek mouse, creeks, uh, channels where people park their boats, stuff like that. But, you know, the section I'm, I fish is like 22 miles, and then the, on the other side of that dam is like another 22 miles and a whole chain. I, I might really concentrate on hitting one of the uh, – bigger lakes and the chain of lakes uh, that I had the opportunity to ice fish with a guide uh, over the winter. And, and and he gave me a little bit of information on where, where to look at what time of the year. So uh, um, think, consider it cheating, whatever you guys think it is, but information's information. That's right. um, yeah. Use, I'm not, a, I'm a kind of a person where, you know, there's a difference between, you know, trying to steal someone's spot by scoping out their pictures and messaging the guy and say, Hey, you know, where are you finding them? What depth are you finding them? Are you willing to share any information? Stuff like that. People are usually willing to help if you know them. So well, that's exactly no right. Another thing about guide is guides are that people use them to to find out how to catch a species of fish mm-hmm. or what they're looking for when they're searching for them. Um, this, you know, I. I don't do a lot of guide stuff, but I have been with some guides, and uh, the information that you can learn from them are priceless. Make sure. I want to add to that. I want to say when you hire a guide or look to hire a guide before you pay him any money, make sure you (laughs) tell him what you're looking to do. Say, hey, listen, I live in the area, or I'm just here on vacation. Um, I, I, I want you to show me where to find these fish. Are you willing to show me how to find these fish, how to fish for them, stuff like that. When you find the right guide, you're going to be a heck of a lot happier. Uh, I have no problem if I'm on vacation. Let's say if I go uh, out to Lake of the Ozarks, for instance, like I had plans to do in October. I had spoken to a guy down there, and I said, hey, listen, I'm coming down there for a whole week. I can't afford to hire you for the whole day. How do you feel about you showing me some productive areas, uh, maybe point me in the right direction, I'll pay you whatever it is that you need. 
need as long as we agree upon it. And, and, you know, I'll be gone and not back for at least a year. And he had no problem with that. He's like, yeah, I can understand that. He's like, you know what? Charge my, he actually told me, and I won't mention his name. I don't know if he wants me to. He's like, Hey, listen, uh, pay my regular fee, bring me a 12 pack of Modelo's and we're on. I'm like, no problem. <laughs> we're good to go. I see Stu with total angling experiences in here with us. Stu's going to be on Catfish Weekly in a couple of weeks. So that's awesome. Looking forward to that. He's a great guest to have on. And uh, we're going to be picking his brain about how to catch them. Stu's got a great channel. I started out watching his uh, um, um, Coon Creek channel. He has the fishing yep. channel now. Uh, when he built that boat, man, I was in awe. I'm like, Man, I wish I had the time and the know-how to do stuff like that. Some of the stuff that Hagen does uh, with the welding and all that—it's—it's it's always it's always something. So that's right. Hagen says he's going to take land at bluegill fishing soon. He's been after him for a long time. Well, that, if he likes to bluegill fish, there's nothing any more fun than that, and uh, it doesn't take very long to get him hooked on it. Now, see, Epic's in the house. He says, "What's going on, Tim?" Guide is worth his salt and can ask the customer what he wants to do. That's correct. Mm -hmm. As long as you work it, like I said, as long as you work it out beforehand, it, it, it's good. It's always good to, to be up and honest. You'll have a better experience with them too. Exactly you know what kind of guides I like, Lyle? The kind, the kind of guides that bring lunch. Oh yeah. Every uh, yeah. back on the food thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something that I haven't done ever that I find very intriguing is some of the guides that fish for walleye and crappie. And that's something that we're going to be looking for is a walleye uh, guest to talk about walleye fishing. Cause that's one of the bigger pan fish venues uh, and something that I don't do very much of. Uh, but a lot of people like to walleye fish and a lot of people like to eat them. I find crappie is better and bluegill both, but there's people that think that the, the walleye, walleye is good. But I would like to go with someone that does the shore lunches up north because they do that a lot. That's awesome. And I've I done that many times when I was a young man. My parents would take us up to Land O'Lakes, Wisconsin, Lyle, and they'll slice up them taters, cook them in a big old cast iron pan about the size of like my like like one of them big old ones. They throw like five uh, pounds in at a time. Cook the fish. Oh my God! I just had a flashback to good time of my my childhood. Good night, Jim. Thanks for good night, Jim. But yeah, but, uh, I, um, I think I see them guys on the TV shows uh, do that, and they fix them meals up. And I ain't heard anybody ever said, "Whoa, that's nasty." They don't <laughs> nobody ever say that. Hey, Keith's in here. What's going on, Keith? Yeah, Keith. I don't know if you were here a minute ago, but uh, they're trying to they might rename Asian carp to Kentucky cod. Just so you know, that was <laughs> one of the ideas they came up with. Jason Ward says they do shore lunches with walleye, and it is at least once a year. Man, that, that's cool. That's good. You know, they do those on the ice, too, Lyle. Really? I'm not going. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> Next year. I might have to buy one of those Argos just to get you on the ice. You know, not that it's a panfish, but you and I have talked about this several times, and and I plan on coming to see you when the salmon run comes in up there. We're I'm, gonna we're gonna have to take care of that. If you can really spend a little bit of time up here. Yeah, I'm really interested in in that. I think that that would be a a absolute blast, and it's something that I really would like to catch. Um, but again, I I'll eat any kind of fish nearly. So. <laughs> Oh man. And it saved me from going to Alaska because I had a, a a thing where I thought that the only place that I ever wanted to catch uh salmon was the Kenai River in Alaska and it's too damn cold up there. I you know, this winter you know, we, going up there. You know what we should do together after the salmon is go after steelhead. Yeah. I really think we should. We can fish them in small creeks with floats, Lyle. I think you'd like that. I know I would like sure. it. I haven't done it yet. That's on my bucket list, but I think we need yeah. to work something out. Now, that, how so. big do they get? They get pretty big. They get to be about 12 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah. That'd that's, be a, that's, that's a big landlocked trout slash salmonoid. Everybody uh, says, Lila Mark, what's your favorite three colors for spawning crappie? Jig color, hair, or plastic? I use plastic. I use... Um, Monkey's milk. Um, I use uh, uh, what is it? Uh, June bug with a chartreuse tail. And if those two don't work, I I use um, 
green I have green pumpkin that it's kind of harder to find, but I can find them over at Charlie Blue, Charlie Brewer's Slider Company. He makes a color that's like a green pumpkin with a red flake in it that works pretty well. But that does I usually don't get to that far. Usually monkey milk does it for me in the spring and my spots. So my my favorite would be chartreuse, chartreuse and black, and chartreuse and purple. Perfect. Those are good colors. Something about the green. I don't know what it is, whether they relate I don't know. to fish uh, or just what, but that chartreuse color is just, uh, it works it's out. It's magic good. for all fish. So it, it seems like it. And uh, Good night, Mr. Chavez. Thanks for checking it out. Absolutely. But it's a, it's a great starting spot, and then you can go from there. Um, I love some of the brighter colors too, but a lot of that has to depend on water clarity and different things too. Chad is talking about this being brought by my pro staff position at Krampus Canes. <sighs> I'm going to have hey. to turn James over my knee. That's all. Uh, do we use your grub worms? I use grub worms when it's a little warmer out. I don't know why they happen to work. I think it has more to do with me being able to sink them into the milfoil um, kind of easily. I'll use them with a slip bobber, and they seem to fall straight down into the mess without, you know, dodging the side to side. I can bomb them in there. I think that's why they work for me. Yeah. Now, what kind of structure are you looking at right after? Uh, weeds. It's all weeds where I'm fishing. There's all a couple of rock piles and stuff. Docks, obviously, I'm going after. I'm by no means a dock shooter, but I'll 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 hit a dock until I can get it under there. I don't care if the owners ain't looking. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really excited about trying to learn because I never did do any of the dock shooting. I'm really excited about yep. about learning that this year. Um, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, hell, if I got to run up there and spend a day or two with. Uh, with Darren, I think he should. Oh, Darren seems like he'd be uh, a great nope. guy to fish with. If you've seen some of the pictures he brought in last year, he was laying them out, man. He really was. So, uh, and I'm sure you'd like to be on that boat of his too, because that's quite a the nice ride. boat. Yeah, it is. I, I've touched it. We we visited around it one day when I was up there. Um, I think we told everybody that, that Darren is the manager of the Big Star Water Park in Lake mm -hmm. Oh, cool. And, uh, they had a sale on chairs that the people set in, lounge chairs that people set in out there. And uh, Cindy and I went up there and bought some of them, and he showed me his boat. It was up there, and uh, really, really nice to see it. It was beautiful, and he keeps it shined up pretty good. But, uh, yeah, very nice. Oh, I got to put a shine on mine. Mine's got so many dock rash and, and, and log jam rash on the side of it. I got to hit it with a buffer. Well, you know what uh, calls that dock rash, right? What's that? Dockery beating them with jigs. This, oh. <laughs> See, I knew I didn't like him for a reason. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew Anthony outdoors before it rolls off. He says he likes black and sharp truth most of the time. So yeah, that's, a that's, a, that's a safe bet, man. It, it, and um, I'm all about safe bets, you know. Mm -hmm. If it works. And um, what's your take on uh, using minnows on jigs and, and with jigs or without, actually? I've I've used them on jigs. I, I, you know why I use them on jigs? Because I get direct contact between. I don't use a slip float too often. I like that direct-to-line contact if I can get away with it, if I'm fishing in the shallows especially. I'm still trying to get better at deep water. I'm sorry, deep That's water brush pile fishing. Um Deep water brush water fish should be a little different. Um, one good thing about using regular hooks with minnows is you can if if you're if they're alive on the hook, you can control how far they move. The closer to the hook you put the split shot, the more you're keeping the um, minnow from moving from side to side, e even eluding a lazy fish. And in some of the hot times in summer, that could be a benefit to you. So. Yeah. Like I said, that's one of the reasons why I really like pan fishing is because proof of concept is a lot easier to do than, you know, spending a whole night looking for that flathead when you might have hit two in the head and it just didn't work. Yeah. You know? Um, Frank says using minnows are too easy. Well, I like easy sometimes. 
Other times, not so much. Easy is not, not a bad thing always. I mean, it no. depends what you're looking to do. If you're looking to fill a freezer and you got – here, yeah. actually, minnows, that's perfect. You got that in the mail today? I, I did. didn't get any mail today. I got Disappointing. that today. Of course, I got the classic in the mail today, too. Uh, perfect. Uh, which I'm so proud of that. <laughs> Back to using minnows. A lot of people, whether it, it depends what you want to get out of fishing, you know, um, to be honest with you, you said it's too easy. Um, I have to travel um, past my lake, maybe eight miles and then come back. Eight, that's 16 miles round trip to uh, use minnows on one of my prime crappie spots. So is it easier? No, it's not easier for me. You know, I'd rather not do that. I'd rather spend that time in the water with plastics or, or hair jigs fishing than, than driving to go get minnows. So it depends what my, my goals are, uh, which is what I decide on doing. And to be honest with you, Lyle, I just like having my tackle bag, whether it's my catfish bag or, or, and, or my crappie bag in my truck. So if I get the hankering to go fishing. I just go. Uh, that's exactly that. And that's a great way to do it. And, um, we've never been like that because we always pretty much fish out of the boat, but I'm mm. going to keep stuff like that in the back truck underneath our cover. Um, that way, if a wild hare strikes and we can just go ahead and well, uh, knock I, it out. You know, a lot of people um, kind of, I, I feel they have the wrong outlook on bank fishing when it comes to public access areas. Go down there, make friends, talk to people. That's you right. don't know what that person's dealing with in life you might cheer up somebody's day you might make a friend you might learn some spots or techniques you're never too old or know too much to learn even more that's um, correct i get a big kick out of it even opening day of trout season oh you weren't supposed to show that till i got mine son of a gun <laughs> let's see what the reaction is so i highly recommend especially for pan fishing or whatever it is get out there on the bank go meet some people um you, you never know you might you might make some really good friends i'm pretty sure these i can make available i'm not a hundred percent sure but if it make old james dockery any more angry than he already is i'm pretty sure we can do make an arrangement those those got to be given away at special circumstances i think Oh, that's too bad. I could okay. see. I could you see. Just he's on away for nothing, huh? in America. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. You might want to highlight that comment that he just did. <laughs> Point. <laughs> it's a lot of points there. I'm seeing. Uh. So, uh. So, are we gonna go live Saturday night and tie some jigs? Um, I don't know what Saturday's going to bring, but I'm, I'm I'm good for it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mind doing it, and and then we can announce the winner of the naming of the last one we done, and we might do that again. That seems I think so. We'll have to check the see what the votes were like on the poll on the on the Panfish Weekly site that we put up. Uh, we'll take some notes again. Uh, we might have uh, uh, Missouri Creek Missouri Creek Fish and Rob stop in on Saturday night. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, uh, put him to the test, so to speak, for maybe a project I got going on in the near future. Um, since uh, our guest isn't going to be on this week, hopefully the next time I we do I just got three more scores on points <laughs> in chat and, and a private message. Uh, oh, oh, really? I done good. <laughs> I done good. I, um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Well, I have a, a uh, jig that... Uh, I want to tie up some of, so it'd be a perfect time to do that. And they are chartreuse and black uh, with a stripe on them. So uh, it'd be a good time to do that. And we'll tie those up and uh, and uh, see how things go. Total angling experience seen a lot of times when they won't hit a minnow, sometimes especially in the spring reaction stripe from jigs. Uh, jigs do better. Yeah, I agree. If I could get a real rock bass down there, I would use it for flathead bait. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. I think the meaner the fish you're using to catch those big mean flatheads, the better your chances are. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, which is why I like green sunfish. If you know, if green sunfish, I've said this many times, got to be twenty pounds, I I think I'd stay out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're. No, I probably wouldn't, but it's nice to say that they're pretty. <laughs> same with bullheads. If bullheads got up to be to to 20, 30 pounds, I'd be a bullhead fisherman. Yeah, that's exactly right. I bullheads fight hard. Um, uh, red-eared sunfish. They they're another hard fighter, and they get a little bigger than bluegill as a general rule. So. I like that. Yep. Good night, Ernie. Have a good night. I think Ernie said earlier, I could be wrong, or it was him or somebody else who actually got a limit today on crappie, which is making me jealous. Yeah. No kidding. Mm. It's, you know, and that's a wonderful thing if you're out, if you're trying to get you a mess to eat. Um, but I usually don't want to clean a limit. I just get enough for Cindy and I, and that's more than I want to clean. I don't know. I can go through a limit with an electric fillet knife. It's not as good as with a regular fillet knife. But I can get a limit, go through a limit pretty quick with them. So, yeah. If I'm keeping a whole limit now, usually I'll keep a six pack of decent sized ones. That's kind of my thing. If I want to put some in the freezer, I'll bring home a 12 pack. If Mama P, my mom, wants fish, I, I got to bring a limit home. Yeah. Or else I get scolded still to this day. Really? Yeah. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> not even killing, yeah, kidding. All right. As long as you're catching them. But one thing that, that, that a lot of people, oh, I got some more. <laughs> One thing that, that people don't understand about panfish uh, versus, say, catfish. Um, for catfish to get humongous size, it takes 20 years on some of them. Some of them it doesn't. Um, with panfish, they reproduce so fast, and so many of them, that if you're not careful especially in farm ponds and stuff, they'll overpopulate. Yeah, especially those greenies. Some of them and enjoy them. That's why That's why they was put on earth is for us. To All right, now, I, I heard something, and take this with a grain of salt, everybody. I don't even believe I'm repeating this, but somebody somewhere told me that the normal amount of anglers on, let's say, a normal body of water, I'm not talking Lake of the Ozarks, I'm talking like a local suburban pond, not a pond, but a lake or something, can't catch enough fish in a year to cover what the bass and other fish eat in a week. That's what I was told. I was also kind of, I also kind of have the idea that panfish are pretty much feeder fish for everything else that's in there. You know, that's yeah. that's what they're doing. They're They're a food source for everything. And uh, we can always take advantage of that as well. So, yeah, sunfish is but it still means you still got to be a con con conservative when it comes to that selective that's harvest yeah. thing, things like that, even with panfish helps. And I, I've gone, I go through a lot of bluegills, I go through a lot of panfish and bait fish, fishing for, for, uh, um, for, uh, uh, flathead. But you know what? I, I don't let the bait go to waste. So, yeah. I put the, the big bulls back like we were talking about, and I don't. So we'll go from there. I just wish in Illinois that I could use crappie heads because I would. Oh, I think I could do really good with them, but you can't. So I, I understand it makes great bait. So Sunfish Assassin says that. Um, uh, Sunfish cycle every seven, eight? Seven to eight years. Cool. So I wouldn't doubt that. It's kind of like crappie, the same thing. Yeah, I'm sure that's right. I'm sure that's right. Great, great uh, participation in chat tonight, folks. Glad to see. We got, you. we got a lot of good people that come in here. It's, it's, it's like, yeah. it's like the catfish and catfish and crappie or catfish and panfish family. It, it goes hand in hand. It really does. Um, so we're always happy to see that and. Uh, Check. Let me check something here, Mark. So tomorrow, I believe Stan's going Art live again, theory. right? You having a hard time hearing me? I can hear oh, you, Art Lyle. Hear me? I can hear you fine. Yeah, I, I, it must be Shad. Oh, be <laughs> it could, could be that phone of his. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. I'm really not. And maybe I just need to speak up uh, a little bit. <laughs> I do have my headphones on, so that might be why I can hear you real good. So it, it might uh, be. I hope it is not. Uh, I haven't. If anybody else has had trouble, they I have a yeah, total angling experience. I got to repeat that. He said COVID killed more crappie than live scope. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's right about that because I think there was a lot more people fishing 
the last year than has been for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Epic says you can, where there aren't any regs on, on crappie Mark. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. So if I'm fishing one section of the river, I probably can. As soon as I get North of McHenry dam, I probably can't because that's considered part of the chain and there are regs on that. So yeah, there's I, a size and a krill. They're completely against, uh, against the uh, rules in Missouri. Mm -hmm. uh, much better. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I would love to them. Because I hear James Smith and Dieter and some of them guys out there, uh, out east, that's allowed to use that stuff. And, and of course, James, he thinks that uh, bass are, uh, are the shits for, for catching them. And I, I would love to use them, not so much if they was good or bad. It's just to aggravate some of the guys that I know. <laughs> you, would not, you would never do that, Lyle. Yes, I would. Yes, you would. Okay. <laughs> But you know, um, I think that that uh, as far as far as catfish, uh, channel cats, bullhead, I consider panfish, and they'll eat things that a lot of other uh, they'll eat any kind of live bait fish, whether it be bluegill, green sunfish, perch, shad, uh, anything like that is a natural bait for them until they get it's too big they can't handle it. It's so different than me getting like a little 12 inch musky on a crappie jig. Yeah. Fish will eat anything. It's just when you start targeting them with the right stuff that they're used to that you're going to up your odds. But they're, they're, there's no reason a bullhead isn't going to eat a minnow, and there's no reason a northern pike of, you know, a small one or even a large one. I mean, they're, they're catching big pike on little five millimeter ice jigs. So it, it all, has, all has to do with the right place at the right time and, and what they're willing to take. That's so. exactly right. And you can up your odds by getting more targeted, but I'm a firm believer that fish are fish. They're all going to eat when they get a chance. I, I agree. I think they're opportunistic yep. feeders. Creole says, if I catch a ditch pickle Saturday, I'll cut it up live just for you, Lyle. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Appreciate that much. Jeremy, you ever eat a, eat a bass? I hear they make good sandwiches. Wait till a smallmouth season opens up. I'm thinking about doing a catch and cook smallmouth show. That's really going to make people go nuts. I hear they're delicious. Yeah, they're pretty good. Matthew mm -hmm. says that he he can't use crappie for cats because he likes to eat them too them much. too much. I think that's a problem with most people. Um, others don't mind, don't care one way or the other. It would be hard for me to. To make crappie a bait, uh, bass not so much, but it would be hard for me to make crappie a bait. I mean, they are so good eating, and uh, but then again, bluegills is as good or better in my opinion, and I have no problem using it for bait. None. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got anything else to go over tonight, Mark? I don't know. We can talk about uh, um, who you have on Monday. You said uh, uh, Stewart. Count about Stu. Is Stu this Monday? Um, Whoever it is, Catfish Weekly, Monday, 7 p.m. Catfish and Crop. Uh, 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 I think you, that's who you said you had on there. From Coon Creek, right? Mm-hmm. That'll be a good show. I like him a lot. Uh, he's he's more of a, he's one of the guys that really puts into practice what he treats, and he lives the outdoor lifestyle. So, uh, if anybody's going to be a good guest, he's definitely going to be one. Actually, he's willing he's to share the, that stuff. He's on the fifteenth. On the fifteenth, okay. Yeah, he's on the fifteenth. We don't have so, a guest scheduled he, in for uh, for Monday, but we do next Thursday. Next Thursday, we'll have John Jeffcoat. Cool. I look forward to talking to him. Yeah, we're going to talk. I know he does a lot of crappie slaying over there on the East Coast, right? He does. He does a lot. So uh, we'll put some stuff together. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the show uh, that we do with Stu. That'll be a lot of fun. He's a great guest. Very very knowledgeable and uh, uh, well versed on a variety of topics. And man, if you haven't checked out his channel, go check it out and look at the boat that he built. I mean, it's just amazing. 
I really like that boat. I really check out if you're looking for something to binge watch. I believe he has a playlist for the whole build, so that'll take up a couple of hours or even more of your time. It's yeah. been a while since I saw it, but I think it's like a 24 foot boat, high sided V. I was like, that's yeah. that's a ser that's serious. Yeah. That, that's serious. That's a duck blind for like eight guys, as well as a lot of room to catch catfish and crappie. And so, yeah, he's he done an excellent job on that, and uh, it, it really turned out really nice. So, uh, uh, go check him out. Be sure to join us Monday night uh, for Catfish Weekly, and then Catfish and Crappie will be on following Catfish Weekly. Josh and Justin from Russell Marine. I'm looking forward to having them guys on. Great our... show, man. Thanks for spilling the beans before tomorrow, Dockery. I owe you one. <laughs> Consider yourself earned a point. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. But, um... Yeah, Roger, if you haven't seen that video, man, it'll make you drool. Think of your boat with another eight feet added to it. I think yours is an 18-footer, right? If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. It's like 24 feet long. It's, it's a yeah, beast. It's, it's a great boat. It's, and so well done. It just just is. But, uh, yeah, check him out. Um, I think that's it for me tonight. Oh, I know what we're going to talk about. We'll try to touch on that next time we do this. Uh, All right. The difference between plastics and uh, and uh, jigs. Hair jigs. Out of, different, out of different materials. Sounds good. Because I'm looking forward to learning how to tie jigs in the next few weeks. We'll probably do it on a... Uh, in a couple of weeks time but this saturday will be on uh you guys like i said hit that bell notification see if we're going live people will share it out to come on in uh we'll have some fun we actually uh have a little more of an adult driven show because we're just kind of lean back it lasts a little bit long and, and it comes on late it does it does we let everybody do their shows and then we'll come on so yeah we don't want to Oh, total angling experience says 25 foot five. That's him, isn't it? That's, him. that's Stu. That's Stu, him. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I, I'm i sorry. I never recognized you without your uh, uh, Coon Creek name. Hey, man, I love both your channels. I really yeah, do. Awesome. So yeah, really after great. Lyle's done with you, I might hit you up in a couple of, in a few weeks afterwards. Give it a month or so. I don't know what else he fishes for besides catfish, but I'm pretty sure Stu fishes for about everything. Yeah, Stu's a good man. Super nice. All right, folks. Thanks for watching tonight. Be sure to check us out if we're on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, looks like we're going to. We'll have a great time. It'll be later in the evening. So uh, thanks for joining us. See you next week. All right, guys. Bye-bye.